0: Welcome to the Property Mom podcast. I'm Dalapo, and I'm on a mission to empower the next generation of property investors. So I'm a wife, a mother of two wonderful kids who are five and three, And I'm what you'd call a property entrepreneur. And if you're just joining for the first time, thanks so much for listening to this. And my hope is that you listen and you learn something new every time. Because I've juggled the past few years between raising a family, property investing, development, refurbs, rent to rent, and educating. So my love for property runs really deep. This podcast is for anyone looking to get into property, build a portfolio of owned or managed properties, and build long-term wealth whether as a side business or if you eventually want to quit your job and run your own business full-time. You're definitely in the right place. Here, you'll find discussions, ideas, strategies for UK property investing. I'll also be inviting guests as well to share their own experiences to inspire and educate us. So my guest today is Corinne Aboue who is a multidisciplinary designer who has worked within the architecture and interior design industry for the past six years. She's been in hospitality and the high-end residential sector. She has worked on hotels such as Westin, Marriott, Corinthia, and Nobu. She's also worked in the retail design sector on projects for H&M, Mulberry, and Nike. So she has really good experience. And with all of that, she's recently started her own practice called Coca's Design. And her aim is to champion collaborative, inclusive, and people-centered work not just in the UK, but internationally, starting with her home back in Sierra Leone. Corinne is young, fierce, insightful, and really tells the story of how she got her inspiration from a difficult experience when she was growing up. She talks about how she got into this industry and how much she loves it. So do listen in and enjoy. I'm talking with Corinne. Now,
1: Corinne is an interior designer and an architect and she really focuses on high-end real estate so she does a lot of high-end residential refurbs and interior designs that's the type of stuff you do right yeah and um, one of the reasons why I was attracted to Corinne and I wanted her to come on is because for such a young age she's done some really interesting um work this um she qualifies was uh, previously under her um where she um who she used to work with but um she's worked with um such hotels as weston um, the marriott corinthian nobu these are really high end you know um establishments so and um now she's gone on to set up her own um in her own practice which is called Cause, and if you could tell us a bit more about what you do now.
2: Um. So right now I am an architectural designer, um, or and interior architectural and interior um designer. Um. I am currently doing a uh, high-end resi in Freetown, Sierra Leone, where I'm from um and um i'm currently working also with lcio wuso architects um yeah that's what i've been doing throughout lockdown and uh, when i started my
1: Yes. Oh, great! So this is a recent thing that you've yeah, just out set yes, up your practice. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank and you. It's funny because um, the first time your name was mentioned was um, when I had put on this post on Instagram, and I said, "Where are all the black women in property? Like, let's showcase them. Let's." highlight them and I didn't even think about it that Black History Month was coming that would be a great time to really showcase some of the things that people are doing and I love the fact that you know you started young you've done some of these really interesting um, 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 uh, projects yeah. and that you're now moving into your own practice yeah. so how have you found sort of starting up? because you're starting out in one of the most difficult times I can
2: imagine during the lockdown. Um, I feel like I've sort of been forced into it to some extent. So um, I have been on this architecture journey, um, trying to qualify and mainly working in interior architecture and design. Um, And uh, I was supposed to start a new uh, contract. I've always been working freelance anyway. Um, So I was meant to um, start a new contract during the week that lockdown was actually announced, unfortunately. So in the in the weeks following, I just sat down and and thought, you know, what do I do next? Things are going to be hard. Jobs are hard to come by. And I'd already started a project back home in Freetown. So the best thing that I could think about at the time was just starting my own practice formally. Um, and then putting myself out there exactly. to get more work, yeah. Um, and that is as an interior
1: designer. So, did you get um, did you get formalized um, training
2: to become an an interior designer or an architect? No, so so I'm not actually qualified as an architect yet. I will be starting my qualifications uh, in January,
0: okay.
2: um, which pushed me to do that because I've started my own practice and I actually just want to qualify and be able to have all the, mm-hmm. all the needed to yeah um, so uh, by before we get into your part three you do part one and part two which is undergrad uh, three years time in um, in in industry mm-hmm. um, and then you can go back and do your part two which is two years of master's so as a, as as i've had my architectural training mm-hmm. um you kind of have the all encompassing uh pra- like practice okay. uh so you you oh, you can do both interior and yes. and yes architecture so it's really it's really a multi disciplinary mm-hmm. uh uh um study i suppose so if you do architecture you can go in into interiors so i didn't need to get another qualification to mm-hmm to get into that because it's all the, ba- the same um, basic basic basics of knowledge yeah yes yeah.
1: and so it just gives you a bit of a foundation I you know exactly. my background That's is it. more yeah. of yeah um, I come from a finance background and they always say accountancy is the bedrock of finance in a sense so yeah I guess architecture in a sense would be yeah. the bedrock of yeah. interior design yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you had gotten quite a lot of this experience with some of this high-end um, hospitality and hotels mm. Mm. Um, prior to even getting all your qualifications. So I'm interested to know your journey. How did you find yourself doing all of this work?
2: Um, well, okay. So I decided to be an architect quite young. I wanted to be an architect quite young. Um, I grew up in, I was born and grew up for my younger years um, in Freetown, Sierra Leone, um, and I'm not sure how much uh, many people, how much many people know about, you know, the turmoil that happened there um, in mid-90s, and I was there, so I just remember, one of my most vivid thoughts were uh, seeing, you know, buildings being burnt down. Well. Wow um and remember thinking when because we, we we left we were able to escape mm-hmm. and I remember thinking um that if I was to ever come back I would like to be able to have an impact and the the structures were the things that you know stood out to me um so uh when I moved to the UK um I realized I was actually creative and um the way that I, I could envision um, having an impact and help him out back home when I got older would become an architect, was to become an architect. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I I knew quite early on that, um, that that's what I wanted to do. And then um, during my part one, uh, when I qualified, I tried to get a job um, in architecture and, somehow got a job in retail design. Mm. Um, And I wasn't opposed to it, because I just thought, you know, you can try different things, yeah. Um, And within the retail design I practice, um, they do really big uh, windows and interiors. So all the Christmas windows that you see um, uh, on Oxford Street or on the high street, they did most of them. So I did um I did uh Windows for HM uh and uh Nike and Mulberry. Um and because of that I gained you know some really a good portfolio uh working for this practice and then um I really enjoyed it because it was so fast paced. Um and then I went into um an architecture practice doing you know following the traditional route mm-hmm. um and uh as much as i loved it it was a little bit slower paced than the first job
1: i can imagine
2: because really slow paced yeah
1: because I- I'm very fascinated. You know, we walk down the high street, and a lot of times I look at some of these very creative designs on the windows, and I'm like, yeah. "Who is behind this?" And so it's interesting that
2: you know yeah.
1: you've worked in that capacity. They're very yeah. interesting. So, I mean,
2: before I even started the job, I didn't even know that this was a whole industry. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So then I, I, um, I started a. I did my part, like a part one experience, and that was amazing, um, it was a sort of regeneration project um, in Notting Hill, um, but then I got another opportunity to work in interior interior architecture and design uh, for another big practice, and um, I just ended, I just loved it. So. That's why, that's why I've got so much um, experience in, um, in interior design and interior architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, it's faster paced, I get to be way more creative than I, I was able to be in architecture. In architecture. Uh, in the capacity, or the, in the place that I was working in anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I guess now I'm just trying to find a way to merge both my passions, uh, mm-hmm together really um
1: so you really your passion is really li- lies within interior I would say yes yeah okay. so it's before, much...
2: sorry whereas before it was just architecture I hadn't I hadn't been exposed to other parts yeah okay
1: and that is nice that you found your way through the experiences in a sense because you were just open to new experience and that opened amazing doors for you to be able to work with some of these higher end retailers Mm -hmm. and to be able to gather gather this type of experience yeah and so you went effectively from um sort of doing all the storefronts going back into architecture then um, evolving again into some higher end interior design through yeah. um, your to the, the other company that you work. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, how did that shape you? So, how did that then? Um, how did you then think to build on that experience?
2: Um. Well, in the back of in the back of my mind, I still needed to or wanted to uh, go back that was still in my part one phase of architecture because my my end goal has always been uh or was or was always you know go back to Freetown um and make an impact there um so I think working in um in interior architecture and being open I um I guess it just it just put a seed in my mind to whatever I do have not just you know architecture but both and not just not even not just even interior design um it could be furniture design or lighting so so I think that 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 um experience just made me a bit more open I think so yeah yeah so if you
1: could clarify just for me to understand a bit so the last role you did Mm -hmm. what part of design was it so even though you say interior how what type of interior design was it
2: um it was it was mainly interior architecture I I think a lot of people confuse interior design with just Mm -hmm. cushions and you know uh fixings and furnishings and you know um but it's also uh you know breaking a wall down or or redesigning a space so I was mainly doing that kind of stuff, the architectural side of interior architecture. Um, So designing, you know, a new kitchen or a new like a new a new space. I mean, I mainly I mean, that that was within the high end resi stuff, but within um, within the hotel hospitality uh, design. that was designing spaces that people, you know, moved through. So the last that I worked on, um, was with, uh, my last company was the Nobrew Hotel. Um, exactly. so being part of a team that, um, that, you know, designed the new reception, how people move through that space, not just, you know, uh, the furnishings if, if that makes any sense
1: okay so um, you're not only disc- you're not only um talking about just the fixtures the furnishing and the way it looks you're also talking about the physical structure so yeah, the way you exactly. see navigating within the yes. internal structure exactly. of the building as well yeah uh, okay so which is very interesting because even so as as property mom in a sense when i'm looking at a property i'm constantly doing that right yeah. because we are looking at how to maximize the interior and to best showcase showcase it. Especially in my case, and one of the reasons why I resonate with what you're saying is because um, we're doing a lot of service accommodation, which is similar to hotels in that we're trying to create that boutique, you know creative look right so that guests are enjoying their stay so if you're designing for a hotel i imagine you're not just looking at say the aesthetics but you're also looking at the journey the customer experience as they yeah. go through the through exactly. the property, what, makes,
2: what makes that hotel unique why why, mm-hmm. why should someone come and stay in that space you know yeah. so so it's it's really everything uh like all-encompassing incom- yeah,
1: it's, it's really. in that aspect.
2: yeah and that's <laughs> and that's why I fell in love with interior architecture because it's not just one thing you're always con- constantly thinking about um people <laughs> and how people use space and that's a very important thing for me in my design um mm-hmm. thinking
1: Well done. So as far as you, and we're going to come back to you as a person, you know, I'd like to deep dive a bit into some of the motivations and how, you know, you've talked a bit about your upbringing and how you saw things happen. Mm. We'll come back to that. But what I also was interested to know is you decided to set up your company in this space Mm. and um, what kind of goals do you have for yourself? You know, like I imagine that when you started out, you thought, okay, well, this has happened. I'm going to create a company. Um, where I will then start commissioning myself out for freelance work in a sense. Yeah. And how have you found that experience since? And what are your hopes
2: for the future? Um, I think it's, it's been a little bit difficult mm-hmm. um, in this time, I suppose, because uh, everyone's scared. Uh, <laughs> there is, it's not, there's not a lot of stability Mm -hmm. but um I think one thing that has really helped is having a community and being able to collaborate with people
1: yeah
2: um and so through that I've been able to get some work um and what I want for the future is to I guess grow um Mm -hmm. have an impact with uh the design or you know yeah have have an impact Mm -hmm. um with like with the designs I, I have um, both in the UK and you know internationally hopefully um, and not just again limiting myself to just uh, uh, one form of uh, practice but also opening being being open yeah. to different ways of creating um, and that's 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 what I am. Um, for now that that's my main that's your main goal yeah. In addition to finishing your qualifications. In addition, exactly. In addition yeah. to finishing um, my qualification, hopefully next year. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic.
1: I'm yeah. so impressed by the fact that you already have so much experience as you go through all of that, right? So, you know, because normally we always look at it the other way. Oh, I have to finish the work. And, you know, it's almost like you want to start and then get perfect as you get. Yeah. Right. So it's good that not only have you had some experience, but you've also decided you know I'm going to go on my own and as I'm doing that I'm going to be learning and building learning and working you know it's almost like it's going hand in hand and I guess because you're creative right so
2: yeah I mean I mean I think I always I always thought I was going to go the traditional route I think Mm -hmm. sometimes life just forces it does you know just do there's no time to there's no time to mm-hmm. to wait or waste like mm-hmm. if if these are the things that you need or want or have a passion for um and one path isn't necessarily like working you need to be able to adjust, adjust and yeah um and as much as I get very anxious about it um I don't have another, you know, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to make it happen. Yeah. You don't just want to sit at home and wait. <laughs> so choice. Yeah. Yeah. And you just need to put yourself out there. Yeah. If no risk, no reward, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I I always say it that I'd love to know what the
1: stats are for uh, business failures and things like that because previously before you could set up a company you had to first have put out God knows how many thousands to get an established location you had to put so much on branding marketing you know you're starting off you haven't even gotten one paying customer you've already spent ten thousand pounds at least yeah yeah but now you know you just have a good idea creative creativity in the way you present that idea and you can set up your business right and you know that that's amazing that you already have some experience and so you're able to leverage on that experience and say look
2: rather than wait around and wait for this whole season to pass to start yeah one one thing I'd like to add to that though is Mm -hmm. is is having a good network of people Mm -hmm. um and speaking to that network of people um to help you realize that you know things can be done because often you know you look at you know i i didn't find the accessibility into architectural design or into the architectural field of working in practice very easy But i think having a, a network that can give you information educate you yeah. um, and and spur you on is incredibly important and that's been a big help in me in me doing all of this as well so I won't say that I've done this on my own I'm really yeah. had you know people to speak to and people to like encourage me yes. um, to do all all of this and um just to plug this um BFA um Black Females in Architecture mm-hmm. um have been one of like, you know, one of the big okay.
1: networks yeah,
2: okay. that I'm in um, and I follow, sorry, that I follow. Um, we were once, we were all on WhatsApp, but they've like moved on to a different platform. Um, and um, Paradigm. Um, oh, I've heard of Paradigm before. Yeah. 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 So having that network and seeing what people are doing and, and mm-hmm. being educated. Um, you know, makes you, makes you, makes you, are like, oh, you the yeah. Hunger.
1: yeah, exactly, <laughs> so that, yeah, this is doing this, there's no, nothing stopping me, because it's interesting that you mentioned that, because I was going to ask, because I've had somebody else who's an architect on this, um, on this podcast, and her point, um, she raised um, about black females in architecture, right, mm. and h- how have you found that experience, like, um, you know, trying to get into that field, and, all of that. Um,
2: It's been it's been it's been a challenge for mm. sure, um, because you, I just you know start from uni, you you always feel like you're the outsider, mm. you know. Um, I I think I was one of three three black girls on course. Um, and every and every year it was it was about the same and um a lot of the people on the course probably like new people you know their parents you know might might know someone or I guess they have a bit more of a rapport with the the tutors because they have more things in common so things like that I think didn't help with the the you know anxiety or feeling like belong in that in in that and then going into practice as well and you literally being I think in most of my practices I've literally been the only black person um and not just a black woman um sometimes you know there there you know some there is um another black woman or, or man but
1: it's very it's not, it's not common yes so do you have any ideas I don't know if you guys discuss it you know within some of your forums as to why that is because I grew up in Nigeria right and I know the numbers are not necessarily reflective but there's so many architects yeah <laughs> my, my brother is my uncle my cousin's an architect that you know yeah, he's yeah. My an architect. like every, there's so many architects right so it's not it's not there's not a want to find them within the, the, the mm. society so it's quite interesting when we come here and you know it's like everyone same thing you know same thing she said was that everywhere she was she really stood out she didn't necessarily have that same um access in a sense where you know like you said the rich uncle who she can just kind of tap into for a project or who knows somebody who works with a large firm that she can get business from you know it's not that straightforward so you know um
2: I think I I don't really know personally Mm -hmm. why, but some of the things I have noticed Mm -hmm. is that a lot of black people in general uh, within architecture don't finish. Um, Well, a lot of my friends anyway, that I studied with don't tend to um, finish because there's so many barriers and it gets to the point where you're just like, Mm -hmm. is it actually worth it, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, it's not good for you know someone's confidence or like uh, self-worth and and when you go through all these battles sometimes it's just it's just you know maybe I can just do something else you yeah. so um, that is one thing that I can say they will still a lot of them are still within the creative industry <laughs> environment but a lot of them have just been like no nah, I'm good I'm just gonna I'm just I'm fine here making good money here I don't need to qualify as an architect I'm still doing to some extent you know what I love so I guess because of that maybe that's that might be one of the reasons I mean I, I can't really speak for of course. and you can only speak from your own person yeah, what, I, what I see what I think um, and that's why these these are uh, these groups are incredibly are useful and incredibly um, important mm-hmm. to have uh, for, for, you know, black women and men.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I always say this, that that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that really inspired me to start this podcast about sort of sharing things that, you know, black women are doing, you know, Mm. I talk to everyone, but it's important that, you know, we're also showcasing some of these, um, talents and, you know, and, you know, even rising stars like yourself that, you know, as you're coming up, that we're showcasing so that other people who are younger are looking up, and say no. Oh, well, if she can navigate it and still create something out of it, then I, could, I definitely can, exactly. right? It's
2: so important, exactly. And 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 going back to access, that is one of the things I wish. I wish in my part one, I I, I, I didn't know any architects. Yeah. I didn't have access to any architect so I didn't have if I had all these questions who do I go to okay. you know so it's good to and 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 it's only I think in at the end of part two that I, I BFA like two or two years or three years ago that I came across BFA um and and Paradigm and I and and then there's like all these new part twos part ones in the group and right. then you know and I just think oh you're so lucky to have this platforms to ask all the questions you know um to get information um yeah so yeah it's so interesting that that comment it's almost like people are coming
1: through right and you're all having your individual experiences and you know navigating them and getting through them somehow but then the minute you come together you can then create a platform and it's almost like then that platform starts to feel itself and can then help other people easily navigate the same journey. Because in a sense, they don't have to repeat all the mistakes. You yeah. can, you know, show them the way and say, look, this is a better way of doing it, or at least have the dialogue, right? Yes, so exactly. So you know, I'm really happy that you are at least able to find, and I like the fact that you said, you know, I didn't do this on my own, the decision to kind of launch out, you know, and yeah. it was all because of this you know, I'm, I'm in a network, I have access ac- accessibility to other people, and we're rubbing minds, and it's given me this sort of, yeah, exactly. able to go yeah. out and launch out, mm-hmm. so really well done. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank let's you. go back to you, um, so you, Corinne, so yep. um, I guess you are, where are you from originally, and how did you sort of end up here in UK, because you talked about
2: being free uh, Freetown, mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, um, I'm from Freetown, Sierra Leone, and uh, during the war um, we were able to, you know, escape and move to uh, the Gambia, okay. um, and then I lived there for a while, but my dad's British, so um, we were given the choice whether we, you know, want to stay in the Gambia or whether we wanted to move to the UK where he has family. So. We decided to to move here and that's how I have um, ended up here and now have my dual nationality. <laughs> how old were you when you moved here?
1: Um 10. Oh wow okay.
2: Yeah yeah. Great so you
1: pretty much navigated the UK and then acclimatized, went to school, uni. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. How come you're here yeah. now?
2: Exactly.
1: yeah Yeah, fantastic and in terms of obstacles like you've mentioned a few like you know being sort of the the single black woman and all of that what main obstacles would you say could have impeded you from moving forward like now you've come out on this side you've set up your own practice what do you look back on and you think you know what if I hadn't overcome this I wouldn't be here now
2: I don't know if I've overcome it (laughs) 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 <laughs> I don't know if I've overcome it. But I think I think that no, I, I think that I'm still I'm still it's a pro it's a progress. It's a work in progress. That's how I view life. So I think that um I am very anxious and mm-hmm. I um have this massive imposter syndrome mm. so that has stopped me from doing things earlier like trying to qualify <laughs> mm-hmm. um so I could have started my part three last year um for example uh, mm-hmm. but again you know just uh, um, so
1: practice um have this imposter syndrome because I hear it and I feel like different people have different um interpretations in the sense of how it impacts them mm-hmm. so how does imposter syndrome um, sort of show case well in...
2: i think i didn't think i had it before until really really uni i think uni is when it started mm-hmm. so not feeling like i belong mm-hmm. um but then qualifying like you know finishing um, and then um again being within the be, within the practices and always being you know the the one black person mm-hmm. or the, the third or second black person um and again never feeling like like i belong mm-hmm. so then that leads into oh am i good enough oh do i yes can i do this uh oh god you know maybe maybe i shouldn't be here why am i the only one that, you know So, and then, and then it starts to, um, what's the word? It starts to- to It's sort of cascades and- Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 So, so I guess, yeah, I'm just, that's, that's what, that's for me, that's how I've, that's Mm -hmm. how I've, you know, felt like sometimes am I good enough or, you know, do I, do I belong here? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I, I don't sometimes it stops me from doing a lot, yes. Yeah. But um at the same time, I like to, you know, listen to podcasts educate myself and I've listened to a lot of um really interesting uh, people talking about how they have the same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and like- <laughs> oh, okay, oh, okay, so mm-hmm. it's not just me. So then yeah. I then because because of hearing of other people's experiences with with I guess anxiety that exactly. and that this imposter syndrome like i I think well, if they've been able to do it, why why is that stopping me from doing anything when so um, it's
1: scared exactly, so even though you don't feel adequate, you don't feel comfortable, you still go ahead and do it and exactly. I saw a saying recently that was very amusing. It says, if you're comfortable doing it, you're started too late. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yes exactly yes yes too late. you should have
1: started when you were uncomfortable and then you grow into it, and then you start you know so mm-hmm. at this point
2: you're now so comfortable in it you're now starting out
1: yeah okay yeah, so
2: you get a bit complacent and yeah. like, you don't learn so um, so yeah, so in terms of that, I think I am still your original question. I am, I am still, sure. you know, battling through, through that. But as long as it's not allowing, it's not stopping me from, from achieving, you know, what I aim to achieve. Then, yeah. yeah Yeah.
1: and for someone who's interested maybe listening to this and saying you know what I would love to be in this field I'd love to either be in high end because one of the key things here is the high end right because it is quite difficult one thing to even become an architect or get into interior design but then to be able to actually now go into kind of the high end um sector it's like what would you say is a good um something they could do to at least give them that um that higher chance of networking networking networking, networking.
2: yes network um it's true i i think everyone's paths are different you know is different sorry um and i i don't know i i i don't want to say i got lucky in terms of how i got into the high end you know hospitality Mm -hmm. sector Um, but I think if you have a practice that you want to, uh, work for, um, keep, keep trying, um, LinkedIn, (laughs) send (laughs) email, email people, you know, I know that's like, that, that's a bit like, oh God, you know, but try and create a network. It's some, as much as it pains me to say, this is really about who, you know, it is um, um uh, and do your research um b- start to build a portfolio uh even if it's just taking you know go on pinterest and type in high-end resi or high-end something um and you know start to if, it, if you just take your the the, the the existing space that you're in and then start Need something designing new. yeah and, you know change that up you know learn the programs that you need to to create, create those visuals and build your portfolio and then start sending them out as as well as trying to you know network and and meet people within that realm within that
1: and when we talk about networking because there's different types of networking there's the networking where you're networking with other um interior designers and uh, you know and um architects or you are networking outside of that space um letting other people know that this is what you do so um do you do both or where have you Um, found
2: i think i think i mean all throughout my my life in the uk most of my friends have known that i i want to do architecture so Mm -hmm. Um, I often talk to them about it and if they know someone that might need you know um, like for example the house that I'm designing or that I design that's being built right now um, in Freetown it was through a friend you know yeah Um, and also again professionally go to webinar well I said webinars because that's what we've been doing recently um, <laughs> go to seminars go to lectures yeah. um go to events you know that kind so that's mm-hmm. sort of stuff that I did prior to um
1: that, that is a good point so the training the webinars well the seminars and all those sorts of things where yeah we physically interact with people at least when we're able to yeah. Uh, with people like-minded in a sense, you build up so, contacts yeah. from there. especially complementary contacts. So those ones like if you have friends that are structural engineers, for instance, <laughs> or so you have mm-hmm. friends that are in trade, you know, because they will always be coming across people who could potentially be your yeah. clients. So yeah. you want to be networking with people like that. I know somebody who's gotten some business off like a handyman that she's uh, become friends with because yeah. if he goes to a property and he realizes that he's doing some work, but the place needs more work, yeah. he can always position yeah. her as, you know, an, as a designer. So, you know, that's, that also works, you know, if you can tap into that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So well <laughs> done. Really good. and really interesting to, to hear about your journey. And so, and um, I guess the last question I'm going to ask is really around, um, your big dreams for the future I know we've talked about you uh, kind of we talked about your immediate future finishing up and you know all of that but what kind of big dream because you talked about going back home making an impact what what have you seen for yourself kind of in in like the future in like in the, that you're working towards that big goal
2: mm, that's a good question I think I I've always thought you know um big as an I okay from from a young age okay I want to be an architect yeah and I'm almost there and I don't know that I have um necessarily thought more past you know yeah, yeah. no I, I have yes but I have but I think I'm also just allowing for things to happen as yeah. well as working for them because I I think sometimes this year especially has taught me that you can make all these uh plans wow. and they won't necessarily uh mm-hmm. go uh go, go according clean. to your plan yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so I mean I would like to, for my company to grow absolutely mm-hmm. that's a big that's a big dream I would like to have a company uh in Freetown and in the UK mm-hmm. I would okay. like to I would like to um I don't know Again, merge my interior and architectural practices and maybe some other, some other, uh, you know, f- furnishing uh, mm. dreams in there. Um, well, but you could almost have your own bespoke range, exactly. Naturally. Yes, so that's uh, that's hopefully a, 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 you know, near, near a dream that might be happening soon. Ooh, nice. Um, so, so, um, I yeah, I think I just have the thoughts of what could yeah. be, but I'm just, you know, letting all, I'm just, you know. Being letting how, yeah. But, <laughs> you know. Letting God. I know, <laughs> I know. everyone has <laughs> for you. Yeah, you yeah. know. You know,
1: yeah. that's that's so important, isn't it? So in a way, and you know, it's constant, there's battle constantly going on, right? Of you creating all these dreams and having them visualized and you know how it is where you see it, you'll be it. But at the same time, let life also take you on the exactly, journey. Yes, exactly. And life is even more creative in what it brings to you. Mm. Like for instance, there's no way to have plots in this crazy COVID times, right? So if you had a very fixed idea as to what 2020 was going to be like, then you'd be very disappointed.
2: <laughs> well, I actually did. And I think that's why I'm like, oh uh, no, <laughs> I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know whatever I think people have learned.
1: Yeah. But So I set really very strong goals for in the year, you know, at the beginning, I started doing that from last year, I think it was. Um, But it's funny, because you can still be successful in those goals, regardless of what happens. But those goals have to be big enough, but flexible, like understand? they can't be, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, they can't be too specific. Sometimes they need to have like an overarching kind of um, theme. So you almost have the big dreams and then you then work backwards from there. Like one year happens not to go in a certain way. It's not the end of the world because you can make up for it in the next year. But in that year now, we've had other opportunities, right? This year has opened up so many other opportunities that you wouldn't start to plot for in your big goals, right? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I wanted to i wanted to add this <laughs> basically i go for these uh, daily walks mm. um, it's gonna sound so cheesy but i go for these daily walks in the park down the road and um i always have an end point that i end up in by the river it's beautiful um and i just sit there sometimes i listen to music and then just you know away from all social media and all that or i just you know sit there in silence and think And um, I'll try and make it short, but I always take this one path to get to that end, to that end point. Yeah. And um, for some reason, I um, decided that, let me try something different. You know, why am I going through here? I always go through here. Yeah. And there's like different ways, there's different ways of getting, I guess. I mean, I've never used them. I always use the one. But I know that there are different ways. So I just thought, oh, let me let me try something different. And I walked and I walked it. And it was honestly such a beautiful scene. I'd noticed stuff I'd never noticed in the park before. So in, in terms of relating to this, like learning things you didn't learn because you're you, you're trying something different, you're open to something different. Yeah. And then I got to the end, you know, to the end <laughs> to the river quicker. Then I would have if I used the other path. Oh, and then I sat down and I turned because the path I take is usually to the left of me. And the whole path was flooded. <gasps> so oh, the whole time I'd been like, I'm gonna go this way, I'm gonna go this way, you know? And this nagging thing was like, just try something different. And either way, if I'd gone that way, I wouldn't have been able to, to get okay. to my destination. That and is. in that moment I was like whoa what's going you know like sometimes you just get this that epiphany you know, say, yeah and I was like oh so and, I, and it feels like that's what my life is is doing right now in terms of my career um so yeah I just wanted to, to, to I think a lot of people in 2020 can resonate with this yeah exactly <laughs> like sometimes you have to try something different no yeah. matter how scary it is or if you might if it, if you don't think it will work like try it you don't you don't know what you're gonna gain yeah Um, so yeah so that was and to be honest you know I
1: think assessing if you're going to make a change something drastic I think really the only thing to do is to look at the worst case scenario yeah like you know what what happens if I take this other route okay fine it takes me two hours longer to get to my end point okay I can live with that right Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes if you just assess and think about what is the worst case scenario here you'll do a lot more things because you can actually live with it, you know, and if you made that allowance in your mind, then at least you can, you can, um, you can explore. And it's, it's definitely a lovely way to sort of wrap (laughs) things up in terms of just leaving that, because I was going to ask you, oh, what are your parts in words? And you kind of just rolled into your, (laughs) (laughs) that was a beautiful way to kind of just sum it all up. Like, you know, your journey, you can take different paths to your end point and you can find that you might, be exposed to more riches and more and more you know um, a richer experience
2: yes and just yeah.
1: doing it the same way you've always done yeah and yeah so that was so beautiful thank you Corinne thank you so and much all the best as you continue to expand on your dreams and build on your um on your practice you. as well
2: thank you so much
0: I love the way Corinne wrapped it up with that positive message at the end, especially because of this crazy year we're having, which has definitely not been business as usual, but which I can say has thankfully opened us to different experiences that we wouldn't normally have had. So I must say I'm personally grateful for for this year, but I'm also more impressed with how Corinne decided to launch out on her own, even before finishing her qualifications. And despite the circumstances that this year through that could have been a curveball, but which did not deter her determination to start something new, the point she made about the community that gave her that impetus, that gave her that inspiration to be able to launch out, and the impact it made on her—that is a point that I really took to heart because to me, community is everything, and a lot of times. We need that community to be able to really give us that boost. And for me, I found community to be super helpful. And that's why I'm really proud to be in the process of launching the Property Kept Simple community. And so watch this space. You know, it's a space where, you know, on my podcast, you will hear blogs. You definitely get a lot of information for free. But within the community, the idea is for those that want to take things to the next level and really start building assets and really start working on their journey so watch the space and i'll be giving a bit more information about that and until the next episode do stay safe build assets and let's make an impact